Welcome everybody to Balls Don't Lie. On today's episode, we're talking Kentucky basketball. I'm not sure if any of you noticed, hopefully not. Kentucky as the number one ranked team did get upset by Evansville at home last Tuesday. We're going to talk about that, break it down a little bit. They also got a scare last night against Utah Valley. We're going to go into that as well. We're going to take a look at the AP poll and talk about what's going on with Kentucky's problems right now. What are the problems? All that after the break. Welcome everybody to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven. Like we said, we're talking Kentucky today. I'm breathing a little easier after Kentucky escaped what would have been another colossal upset last night. That would have made two in a row. But they were able to pull it out, struggling a little bit. Hope you all are having a wonderful day. Need you all to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, all of the above. You can leave a voicemail in the show description on any of those formats and also a donation if you feel so inclined. Get at us on Twitter at BallsDon'tLiePod. That's Balls with a Z. Always fun to interact with people on there. Had some fun interactions on Twitter last night during the Kentucky game, actually. There are some really stupid people out there, guys. Really stupid people. I had one guy tell me that Cal Perry has ruined Kentucky because of all of the one-and-dones, and he's only won one championship. And his senior day is a, a thing of the past because we barely have seniors anymore. Like, dude, you got to get with the program. Get with the program. These people all forget what Kentucky basketball was before Cal Perry got here. They all think we went from Rick Patino to Cal Perry. They forget some of those down Tubby Smith years. They seem to forget the Billy Gillespie years for two years before Cal Perry got there. Kentucky was not what Kentucky, what these people think Kentucky is. They weren't that the last three years of, of Tubby Smith, and they definitely weren't that in the first two years of Billy Gillespie. There was about a five-year stretch where Kentucky basketball was pretty irrelevant. And there were also some years in there with Tubby. He won a national championship in his first year in 1998. Had some good teams, a couple one seeds. Uh, was never able to get back to the Final Four, but had had some really solid teams. But there were also some years in there where they were not very good. They just weren't. Eight seed. You know, just had some, had some down years. People seem to forget. So if you're unhappy with Cal Perry... I don't know what's going to make people happy. Okay, you want senior day? Okay. I mean, the college landscape's changing. I don't know if they're complaining about senior day at Duke or any of these other schools that are getting one-done players. It doesn't seem like they're complaining very much. These people that complain that Cal Perry only has one championship in 10 years, all I would refer to on that is... A couple of guys. Roy Williams had one hellacious run with some magnificent teams at Kansas. Never won a championship. Got close. Never won. It took him going to North Carolina, where I believe he's won three or four now. 
I think three. There's been some other guys. I mean, if you even just look at Coach K, that guy's been there 40 plus years at Duke. He's won five championships. Five is a lot. But I can think back in my life as some of his best teams that didn't win championships. There were plenty of times when Duke should have won a championship if you were just going on who has the best team or who's capable. Same thing with Kansas. Bill Self at Kansas has won one title. But they've had a number of teams. A number of teams. They could have easily won a championship. And it's the same thing with Cal at Kentucky. We've had a number of teams who were right in position in the tournament or who were at least championship caliber. Even some of our teams that lost in the Elite Eight. We've had teams lose in the championship game. We had an undefeated team lose in the Final Four. This is just what college basketball is. Kentucky basketball is the winningest program in college basketball history. That spans a long time. And we've won eight championships. Eight. That tells you how hard it is to win championships. These people that are complaining about Cal Perry only having one championship don't really seem to get it. They don't really seem to understand how this works. How the tournament is such a crapshoot. How there's five to seven teams, sometimes fewer, but in general, maybe five to seven teams every year who are championship caliber. And only one of them gets to win. Only one team gets to win it. That 38-0 team that lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four, that was easily the best team in college basketball that year. That's probably the best college basketball team in the last 20 years. Maybe 30. Maybe of the modern era. Because the last time a team went undefeated was 1976, and that was Indiana. And they won 32 games. 32-0. Now we can argue how impressive it is versus today's era because a lot of guys stayed longer back then. So you're playing against more experienced teams. Your team itself was a more experienced team. Guys were not leaving to go to the NBA or whatnot. So you could argue that the competition was better. You could also argue that there's better quality as far as quantity of teams. You can make the argument all the way around. I'm not really here to do that. All I'm saying is it's just a fluky thing. It's a fluky thing. The year UConn lost to George Mason in the Elite Eight for George Mason to go to the Final Four, that UConn team was the best team in the tournament. Hands down, most talented team in the tournament, without a doubt. They lost to George Mason. It happens. Crazy stuff happens. And crazy stuff happened on Tuesday night when Kentucky lost to Evansville at home while being ranked number one, newly number one ranked Kentucky, loses to Evansville 67 to 64. I shared my thoughts on this a little bit on the way I see it because it was a big story and it was a headline and I wanted to talk about it. I'm going to share my thoughts about it again here. And then in the second segment, we're going to kind of break down the numbers of that game. But I just want to give my general thoughts on it. Everybody who's jumping off the bridge, jumping off the bandwagon, go ahead. That's that's quite all right. It was quite embarrassing to lose that game. 
It's not something that should ever happen. Not to Kentucky. Not at home. Not anywhere. It shouldn't happen. But these kinds of things do happen in sports. They do. They happen. Upsets happen. It isn't a doom to their season. The season will go on. When they get healthy and these freshmen get a little experience, they're still going to be very good. And at the end of the year, they will be one of those teams that we're talking about that has a chance to win a championship. Do I think they're the best team in the country right now? No. No, I don't. Do I think they could be at the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely could. Will they? I don't know. But they could. They absolutely could be. But these teams go through this. These Kentucky teams go through this. It takes a little time to put these pieces together. That's not excusing the loss. You absolutely cannot lose that game. It's absolutely unacceptable. And it is embarrassing. But I, like I said on, on the way I see it, I have to take a step back on some of this stuff. I can't let that ruin my day, ruin my week, ruin my month, or my year. The season marches on. It is just sports. These are kids. We forget that these are kids. They are not robots or machines. They are kids. And things happen. And that happened. It was bound to happen at some point. Upsets have happened like this before. When you are in the top 10 and ranked as high as Kentucky is, usually you have more opportunities for these kinds of things to happen. And eventually it just happens. Evansville played a great game, had a nice game plan, executed when they needed to. They deserve credit. Evansville played one hell of a game. Could they do it again? I don't I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. I saw last night they were struggling with some other small school that they were playing. I forget who it was. But this happens. You go in, it's it's you know, Evansville's it's their Super Bowl coming in to play Kentucky. You got a former player, Walter McCarty, head coach at Evansville. One of my favorite cats from the nineties. It's cool to see him have success. We can take a step back from this and also be happy for other people, can we? Maybe. I don't know. But as a result of that loss, Kentucky drops from number one to number nine in the new AP poll. And I'm going to go through the top ten right now. Duke, number one. Louisville, number two. Michigan State, number three. Kansas, four. North Carolina, five. Maryland, six. Virginia, seven. Gonzaga, eight. Kentucky, nine. And Ohio State, ten. Duke receiving 52 uh, first place votes, Louisville 8 first place votes, Michigan State 4, and Virginia 1 first place vote. Give you my take on this really quick. I believe Duke is overrated. They are number one as a result of an overrated win against Kansas, which will later down the road look more overrated than it was. Kansas should not be number four. They are not the fourth best team in the country. Duke will have the same issues as Kentucky. They're not going to go out and lose to an Evansville. But like I said, these young teams, they are one of those teams. They're going to have their struggles. The teams that you're going to see not struggle. Louisville, more experienced. Maryland, a little more experienced. Virginia, a little more experienced. A lot of new faces, but a little more experienced. Some of these teams 
Michigan State, same thing. They lost to Kentucky. Big deal. Kentucky loses to Evansville. That doesn't mean Kentucky's not good anymore. They just beat Michigan State. If they hadn't beaten Michigan State, I wouldn't be that, you know, I wouldn't be able to write it off as such a fluke. But they did. They beat Michigan State on neutral court. But for, I mean, look for Louisville and Michigan State to stay up there. Kansas, maybe. I don't know what their schedule is exactly. I looked at the schedule for this week. There's no AP top 25 teams that play each other this week. So we have no top 25 versus top 25 games. So everybody's just going to start chalking up their wins. Kentucky's going to do that too. They were able to bounce back last night, albeit in a a rough bounce back, but they did bounce back. So let's take a break. We're going to break down the Evansville game a little bit further. And then I want to talk about last, last night's game against Utah Valley. And kind of what we're going to look like moving forward. We'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back, everybody, to Balls Don't Lie. All right, let's get into this Evansville-Kentucky game. Evansville 67, Kentucky 64. It's not real hard to see what went wrong. And this is something that's been going wrong all year for Kentucky. Even in the game they blew out, uh, the second game they played, I forget who it was, uh, (laughs) not shooting the three well. Didn't shoot the three well against Michigan State. We were lucky that Michigan State didn't shoot the three well either. But if you look at it, And I look and I go, okay, the team shot 37%. They shot 23% from three. They did make 80% of their free throws, which is something that has been a strength of this team, which is unusual because Calipari teams usually struggle at the free throw line. But this team has been excellent at the free throw line. They went 20 to 25 in that game. So it's not like a, a, a cheap 80%. 20 to 25 is pretty good. One big area that, that I see rebounds minus three on the rebounding category. That is amazing. That is amazing. Kentucky, with all of their length and athleticism, should never be out-rebounded by Evansville. Some of these rebounds were bad bounces. There were a couple uh, threes that took some hard bounces off the rim that bounced right back out to a guard. Some of that was bad luck, I will say. There was some real bad timing in that game. It just had all the recipes to get upset. It really did. Every time Kentucky started pushing it, it seemed like they just couldn't get over the hump because one of those long rebounds would happen. Just something. Kentucky was having a hard time making shots. They'd miss the front end of a one-and-one. Couldn't hit threes when they needed them. And then they'd get some of those bad bounces. But some of it is also due to effort. I saw a team that game that really lacked a sense of urgency. Ashton Haggins was absolutely atrocious. He finished with three points, three assists. I'm not sure how many turnovers he had. It seemed like about five. Cal, after the game, said that Haggins is playing with a leg injury that kept him from being able to go 100%. Well, He shouldn't have been on the court then because it was really bad. I mean, he was absolutely a liability in that game. 
Emmanuel quickly finished with 16 points, 9 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey with 15 points. Those are the only real notables in that game. On the turnovers, Kentucky was plus one in turnovers, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You you shouldn't have just one less turnover than Evansville. You should be able to turn them over. You should be able to. So that seems like an issue for me. The big thing with Kentucky's turnovers is they're mostly unforced. They're mostly... Okay, picture this. Kentucky's bringing the ball down the court in transition. Passes Guy with the ball passes to another guy who's moving. Guy goes to drive to the lane, doesn't get the dribble down, takes too many steps, boom, quick travel. That is the majority of our turnovers. I would say it happens four or five times a game. That easy little travel where they just don't get that first dribble down, and it's a travel every time. Every single time. I would say we do that five times a game. And it drives me nuts because I don't see other teams doing it that often. And it's always been an issue at Kentucky. I really don't get it. Like, it's one of those things where, I mean, the game has to slow down for some of these kids. And maybe they just don't call it that tightly on the AAU circuit. I don't know. But to be that talented, to be that good, to have these kids be that talented and come in and not know how to avoid that simple travel call. Just moving too quick. The game has to slow down. But that's been an issue for me. Poor shooting, and in that game in particular, lack of urgency. Evansville just seemed to want that game more. It was one of those games where, you you know, you see this happen to teams all the time. This is not... An anomaly. This happens a lot. Teams come in, they maybe don't take the opponent serious enough, or it's hard. It's hard to get up for some of these small schools. It's not like you're playing Michigan State. You know, it's a random Tuesday night, and you have to get up for that game, and that can be difficult. But the good teams, the elite teams, they always find a way to pull out those games. Usually, they end up winning by double digits. But they find a way eventually, whether it takes a half or you know a half, and and then sometime into the second half, you. Eventually, they pull away, and they just didn't. They just couldn't. Like I said, bad bounces, all that kind of stuff, just whatever it was, they just couldn't get out of their own way. And that's how you get a, get a historic upset. An historic upset. Absolutely. Evansville earned it. Kentucky didn't give it to them. They really took it. They made some, some big threes. They made their free throws to close out the game. And Kentucky didn't really get a clean shot at the end. I mean, they just... Just was one of those games. Just one of those games. But that's something that the team has to clean up. They absolutely have to clean up. All summer, and I'm getting kind of tired of this shit. All summer, Cal Perry has said that this team should be his best shooting team. Which he said about last year's team as well. And last year's team, aside from P.J. Washington and Tyler Hero, they didn't shoot the ball well. They didn't. They didn't shoot threes. They hardly took threes. That was a very post-dominant team. But this team, they haven't, they're they're shooting horrible from three. And it continued last night. So let's break that down a little bit. So against Evansville, Kentucky's 23% three-point shooting. Last night against Utah Valley, Kentucky gets the win, 82 to 74. Emmanuel quickly set out with a chest injury. EJ Montgomery set out for the third straight game. 
I'm not sure how much I how much I miss EJ Montgomery. I definitely missed Emmanuel quickly last night. Montgomery is another. It'd be nice to have another big body. He's not playing up to his potential, but these are the kind of teams that he should be able to. When we play good teams, he doesn't seem to play up to his potential. But these should be the kind of games that he dominates. It'd be nice to have him. Kentucky's down to seven scholarship players. They're not able to practice fully. I mean, they just, they got guys on the bench and they're hurt. They're just not full strength. They're not full strength. Not full strength. Last night, 82-74. Ashton Haggins finished with 26 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Nick Richards, nice game. 21 points, 10 rebounds. The team shot 43%. However, Kentucky shot 8% from 3. 1 of 12. 1 of 12. That's amazing. It's amazing they won that game. Utah Valley made 11 threes. They shot 35%. 11 of 31. What saved Kentucky again? Free throw shooting. 91% last night. 31 of 34. If this continues, it is easily the best free throw shooting team that Kentucky has had since Cal Perry's been there. Easily. Rebounds. Kentucky, plus 19. That's the way it should be when you play Utah Valley. Remember, they were minus 3 against Evansville. So there's some improvement there. Maybe some improvement, improvement in the effort. I saw effort last night. I will say that. I saw energy and I saw effort. Turnovers. Lord have mercy. Kentucky minus seven. Kentucky had 14 turnovers. Utah Valley had seven. That can't happen. You can't have seven more turnovers than Utah Valley. And again, most of them were of that stupid traveling variety. Just unforced turnovers. If a team is getting in your face and forcing turnovers with their presence, a nice defensive presence, that's one thing. That's going to happen. Turnovers do happen. But these travels are just unforced. You're just giving away possessions. Giving away possessions. So I guess it's hard to know how to feel about last night's game other than they pulled it out Utah Valley had it down to a three point lead or a two point lead with like a minute and a half or two minutes to go Kentucky was able to pull it out so that's a positive they found a way to win short handed but the game really should have never been that close their largest lead was 17 it should never have really been that close Utah Valley didn't quit they had one guy uh, his name was TJ Washington kind of threw everybody off since we had a guy named PJ Washington last year Utah Valley had a TJ Washington he started draining all kinds of threes honestly from distances that I mean whatever tip your cap to the guy he was so far so far behind the three point line on some of those threes that it's just whatever some fluky stuff seems like it always happens in rut. 
Some other things that I noticed, defensive lapses. Look, Ashton Hagens is supposed to be one of the best defenders in the country, and I just don't see it right now. I don't know how much of it has to do with his leg injury, but when he's on the ball, he gets his steals because he knows he's, he's pretty smart and when he can take chances. He's sneaky, he has long arms. So he gets his steals. However, if you watch him, he has a difficult time staying in front of the ball. Keeping himself between the ball and the basket. He's good for a couple seconds and then he can't play. He can't be down in that stance. I don't know if it's his I don't know what the injury is exactly. But I mean I, I just I don't know. I, I don't see that guy being the defensive, you know, a lockdown defender the way the way everyone's been saying. He's good initially, but some of these guys, I mean, this guy's on Utah Valley. It was that TJ Washington. Like, he was just breaking Higgins down, able to get to the basket. Like, that's Utah Valley, man. You know what happens when you start playing some good schools? You're going to be able to stay in front of those guys? You're just asking for your bigs to get into foul trouble. If you can't keep yourself between the ball and the basket, you're just asking for help. And a lot of times with those guys, that's going to result in fouls. He has to be better at that. Yes, he does some good things defensively. Like I said, he's very smart on when he can take his chances. He's going to get his steals. He can be a defensive presence. But there's times one-on-one where he really has a hard time staying staying in front of the ball. Uh, again, poor shooting. Poor shooting. You can't go one for 12. It's pretty amazing Kentucky won this game. It's pretty amazing they scored 82 points. Shooting 43% and 8% from three. Again, the free throws is where Kentucky's buttering their bread right now. That's what's saving them. Or they lose that game last night. If they don't make free throws, they lose that game. That would be back-to-back losses to Evansville and Utah Valley. We got to get healthy. We got to get healthy, and we got to get these guys some confidence shooting three. I don't know if they need to practice in RUP shooting threes. I don't know how practices work. I know they don't practice in RUP, but maybe they should. Maybe they need to go shoot the ball in Rupp Arena. Because for whatever reason, they are just not making shots. And it makes no sense. They have a bunch of guys on this team that should be better shooters. Now I watched Tyrese Maxey last night shoot a ball diagonally. He wasn't straight on, but he wasn't in the corner, so he's kind of diagonal. Shoot a three that goes over the rim and hits the other side of the glass. The opposite side of the glass. Like, what in the hell? How do you miss a shot that bad? And it wasn't contested. It was open. I don't know if adrenaline is pumping through these guys so hard that they just they can't shoot. Nate Sestina is missing open every open three. And that was supposed to be his thing. Being able to hit threes. We've watched it in practice. We've watched it in the blue-white game. You see all these scrimmages. You see them hitting threes. And then it comes game time, and they can't hit the broad side of a barn. It makes no sense. But it has to get fixed. The age of college basketball, the way that this team is constructed without having a dominant low post presence is you have to be able to shoot the ball. If you're going to run a three-guard lineup out there, you have to be able to shoot the ball. That's it. You can't play new age basketball and not be able to shoot. That's what the new age of basketball is, is shooting threes and making threes. Not just shooting them, but making them. 
And if you can't do that, then it's going to be a long year. If they're going to be a three-point shooting team like this, it's going to be a long season because they're not equipped to throw the ball into the post and rely on that to get points. They're not equipped. Nick Richards, I love the guy. But if we're relying on Nick Richards to be our our, <laughs> our go-to man on offense, that's a problem. Because he's a JaVale McGee, okay? That's all he is. Rim to rim, run, grab rebounds, block some shots, dunk some balls. I am impressed with his little hook shot that he's worked on all summer. It's efficient. I like it. I like it. And this is not a knock on Nick Richards. I like the kid. He's a junior now. I really think it's impressive that he's stuck with it. He's worked very hard. He's much improved. But that doesn't mean he needs to be our go-to guy. And that's not how this team is constructed. EJ Montgomery, get your head out of your ass. You were supposed to be better. It's your sophomore year. You look the same as last year. You got to stop being timid. You got to get going. This team needs that presence. Manuel Quickly has been good to me. Tyrese Maxey was really good against Michigan State. Since then, eh, makes some really dumb decisions. Once the game slows down for him, I think he'll be fine. Ashton Hagens misses more layups around the rim than I've ever seen. More close shots around the basket than I've ever seen before. He's a master at getting to the rim. He's horrible at finishing. If he can start finishing, he's a top 25 pick in the NBA draft. If not, you're just another guy, man. You're just another guy. Your jump shot's not good enough. You have to be able to finish at the rim. It's uncanny how how awful he is at the rim. It really is. And it's hard to make sense of. It's really hard to make sense of it. But that's what they need. Sestina, you got to start making some threes. You have a great looking shot. You got to start making threes. That's it. Keon Brooks, Cleo Whitney, keep doing your thing. You guys are both raw. They're both raw players. Very athletic. They seem to be bringing energy. There are some mistakes that they're making, but that's expected. Those guys are pretty much what I expected them to be. The guys that aren't what I expect them to be are Montgomery and Ashton Higgins. Yes, I know. He had 26 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds last night. But that's what you're supposed to do against Utah Valley. That's what you're supposed to do. What you're not supposed to do is get beat off the dribble routinely by TJ Washington. Taking you to class. That's not supposed to happen. And it'll be a problem moving forward if it keeps happening. So we'll see. We'll see what this team can do. I'm not totally down on them. It sounds like it by what I'm saying here. But like I said, the pieces are all there. Once they get healthy, once these guys get some experience, cut down on some of those brainless turnovers, they're going to be fine. The three-point shooting, I guess the positive is you can say, well, it can't get much worse. It can only get better. I guess it could stay the same. That'd be pretty horrible. But it can't get any worse. So if they can just start making some damn threes, 
They'll be fine. That's the only thing keeping them from blowing these games out. That's the only thing. That Evansville game is never in question if they're just making some threes. Never even in question. This Friday, Kentucky plays Mount St. Mary's at 7 p.m. And on Sunday, they play Lamar at 6 p.m. So, two more games for them to try to work out some of the kinks. Shit doesn't get serious until December. Ohio State is now ranked 10th. We play them in December. Louisville is ranked 2nd. We play them in December. You take care of your business in these next however many games until December. You win against Ohio State and you find a way to beat Louisville. Nobody even remembers that you lost to Evansville. We'll be back in the top five and no one even cares. They're not a top five quality team right now with how they're playing. But they'll be back in the top five if they can take care of the business against those teams. They keep playing like they are now, and they're not going to win those games, and they won't even be a, it won't even be a question. Keep playing like they are now, we might drop one to Utah when we play Utah in December. It's hard to say, but they have time to figure it out, and that starts this Friday against Mount St. Mary's. So we'll see how they look this Friday. Hopefully they can get healthy. Hopefully quickly comes back. Hopefully Montgomery gets back soon. I'll be excited to see them as a full unit. That's what I'll be excited to see. So, that's it for today's show. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this Kentucky episode of Balls Don't Lie, where the balls bounce, roll, and fly, but they damn sure don't lie. And neither do I, and neither does that Anton guy. Later, dudes.